All right. Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, guys. Uh, this is episode number 128. I'm riding solo today. Um, Andy is going to start joining a bunch more podcasts beyond just Mondays when he is free in his schedule. He's going to join in with me. Um, it's going to be pretty fun to uh, tag team more of these podcasts moving forward. So today we have Alton Jones Jr. welcoming him back to the show, uh, Major League Fishing Pro. For those who do not know, jeez, um, excuse me, Alton uh, has had a pretty good season thus far. Um, I believe they have, they have some cup events uh, going on currently. Uh, but he, for his uh, Major League Fishing season, he's actually done fairly well, a couple of top tens. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that, talk to him about 2021, uh, also talk to him about the Red Crest and see what's, see what's going on in the life of Alton Jones Jr. So uh, we're going to get him on in a little bit here. I'm going to send him a text when to join in. Um, but today was actually a pretty fun day for me. This morning I got out on the, the new Hobie. Uh, as uh, for those who have watched previous podcasts, uh, we are now paired up with uh, Morgan Marine and Team Hobie. Uh, I have been um, gracious enough to have earned the support of Morgan Marine. Went and picked up my new Hobie Outback to use for this fall and uh, went out on my local lakes and caught a little bit over 20 fish this morning. Got the, got the deck wet, uh, you know. Went out and caught a bunch of largemouth. Got the got the boat a little a little broken in, getting ready for uh, what it's about to see for the fall. So hopefully we can keep that trend going. It was a really fun morning catching them uh, on a heavy chatterbait and deep cranking. So it really doesn't get much better than that. Just getting those fall transition bites, uh, connecting with those fish. Um, but it's it's going to get tough here soon trying to stay with those fish. So it uh, it was a, it was a really fun morning uh, getting kind of the kinks figured out with the new Hobie. Because uh, we're getting that ready for November when we head down to Tennessee for Lake Chickamauga to uh, um, compete in the Bass Nation National Tournament on Lake Chickamauga. Um, but a uh, huge shout out to Morgan Marine and Hobie. Thank you guys for your support. Really looking forward to getting into that kayak more often, um, especially now that the fall is here. We have the time. Um, and it's going to be busy between that. And uh, with bow hunting. So our bow hunting season starts on Thursday. But another quick shout out to Douglas Rods. Uh, thank you guys for your support. Was throwing the 744 around today. We're throwing that heavy chatterbait. And I was throwing the uh, 764 MF. Throwing a, a deep crank and throwing a 5XD, 6XD. So that was a lot of fun. Um, especially Queen Tackle. Thank you guys for your support. Throwing any of my term- terminal tungsten needs, football Football jigs, football heads, flipping jigs, any any sort of tungsten tackle you need, Queen Tackle has you covered. You can use code SEARSANGLER20 at checkout if you want a discount, uh, as well as huge shout-out to Amped Outdoors. They have uh, a lot of support behind the podcast. Uh, appreciate what Matt's doing over there, and uh, we'll be filling you guys in more about what's in store for them coming down soon, coming here soon. So without further ado, I'm going to text my guest here. We're going to get Alton on. And we're going to get rolling. Send a message to join in whenever he's ready. Hope everyone is having a good week. Uh, we've finally hit some rain here in New York, uh, which has been weird because uh, we haven't had rain in a long time. It's been cold. We have some really cold a couple of days, but we have not had any rain. So it was, 
it's kind of nice. We're going to hit some different bodies of water now that we got rain because certain bodies are going to get good now that there is rain. So it's going to be uh, an eventful week. Excited for the uh, bow hunting opener on Thursday as well because I have not hunted in two years. So that's going to be new for me. Get up in the stand. It's going to be feel great. It's a long time coming. So looking forward to that without a doubt. But we're waiting for Alton Jones to join in here, talk to him about his season, and uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. So we're going to give him a couple more minutes. Um, shout him a message. He should be joining the broadcast anytime soon. Uh, if anybody has any questions for Andy and I, uh, whether it be guests or uh, recommendations, whether it be questions in general, uh, questions you want featured on podcasts, you want us to ask certain anglers, uh, let us know. Reach out to us over social media. We'd appreciate it. We already we got him queued up. Alton is in. What's going on, man? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Sorry, my and my AirPods connecting. How are you? You're good, dude. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It's been uh, I guess what? What do we do? This back in January or so? Something I like think that. So, well, let me look. Browse back real quick here. It's, it's Let's been see, what podcast was it? I want to say in the seventies. Yeah, I'm not remember what it was. Because I think it was January, January or February, because it was before season started. Let's see here. There's so many now. I've been back through them all. It was, yeah, it was February 12th. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Right. I guess that'd probably been two weeks before the season kicked off. So, yeah. Yeah. How you been? Doing good, man. The, the, the podcast is growing. We're, as you can see, 128 episodes in. So, Almost double since we had you on in February, but we're we're going strong, and it's good to have you back on the show, dude. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, catch man. up on your season, and did you had a good year? So congratulations on that. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, um, it was as good of a year as I could have hoped for, you know. And I mean, especially with the wild year the whole world had, uh, I was fortunate to have a successful year. It put me in a little more comfortable place than. A lot of people in our sport, you know, so I was very blessed, like super, super fortunate. No, without a doubt. Yeah, it was, it's great just to see you guys be able to have the ability to compete with all the madness that happened in the spring with COVID. And I mean, there's 2020 has to be the most ridiculous year <laughs> to date, at least. I mean, obviously, I'm young, you're young. So this is probably the easily the most yeah. wild year in for us. In modern times, it, yeah, it's got to be. It has to be it. I hope it it's, I hope we're saying that 30, 40 years from now, too. I hope we're not saying, man, 2026. Oh, man. So what have you been up to recently? I know you guys have had there's some cup events, correct? Yeah, I just got back uh, a little over a week ago from a cup event in Wisconsin. So I made my third trip to Wisconsin this year, which I love that area, but I'm, I'm glad to be home. I feel like I've lived up there this, you know, this summer and early fall. Um, did a little bit of duck hunting for early teal season with very little success. Oh, no. Um, so now we're just, uh, yeah, just, just going through life, trying to nail down, you know, all the sponsorships, what 2021 is going to look like. 
and just trying to get my ducks in a row and, and watching a little football in between. There you go. It is nice to see football on, but it is, I have to say it is extremely weird not seeing anybody in the stands. It's got to be really weird for the players too. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully get the chance to go to a few Baylor football games this year, which is college football. But, yeah, in the NFL game, seeing nobody in the stands, it's wild. Absolutely wild. It's It's got to be kind of weird for players because like, I'm sure some of them are like it might help them perform better because they do better without a crowd. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's just got to be a whole new – I don't even know. It's, it's got to feel like a practice squad, like a, like a scrimmage game for some guys. Yeah. It's like there's no one there. So, I don't know. I, I, I'd be willing to bet it helps like the – or I'd love to see the stats at the end of the year, like on field goal kicking, you know, oh, yeah. in those, those big-time situations if if it's uh, – I guess if they have a higher success rate. Yeah, and like, you know, pressure situations at the end of the game where, you know, fans are getting loud and it's hard to hear each other, especially with an offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have that problem now. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. actually focus and uh, you know get done what you need to get done. So it they can play. No, go ahead. What I was just saying, it adds a whole different perspective to the game. Uh, oh, 100 percent, Yeah. Well, do, do you do you deer hunt at all? I know you said you duck, you duck hunt, obviously, but uh, very little. I've done a bunch of it in the past, but it's it's not something I, I look forward to every year. Yeah. Um, I've been spoiled and gone to some really good places as a kid. And, and I now I've never gotten into bow hunting and stuff okay. like that. I've heard that's a whole other ball game and it's addictive, but <laughs> I'm a little too ADD personally for it. I'm not one of those guys that's going to sit in a tree stand and I, I make too much noise and move too much. And that's what I love about duck hunting. It's, you know, yeah. if there's not yeah. ducks flying, okay. you're sitting there cutting off the friends and, you know, a lot of camaraderie goes in with it. Yeah, duck hunting definitely looks like a lot of fun. But for me, it's like it takes it like when it's up here in New York, it takes out of the fishing time. So I usually just mm-hmm. try to go to the lake instead and hope to not get shot by duck hunters. But it's we have our bow hunter. Our, oh, I ask because our, our bow hunting opener is on Thursday, and uh, I was telling people before uh, you, you joined that I haven't hunted in two years because I worked over in Indiana last fall. Didn't have time for it. Wasn't home. But is your guys' opener? I'm just curious. Is Texas bow hunting as of now, or does their season start later? I believe we're. I believe we've just started. Just started. I think we're like yeah. Okay. Like just kicking it off. But but you're asking the wrong dude. <laughs> <laughs> wrong dude. Um, so what actually what actually spoiled me back in the day is uh, there was a ranch. Have you ever seen the show Bucks of Tecamati? Yeah, he used to be one of my favorite shows. <laughs> yeah, so the new Tecamati Ranch, which is La Perla, it's down near Lake Falcon. Yep. We knew the owner pretty well, and we went down there a few times during like the late summer, early fall, which is September down there. It's incredibly hot, and we had some state tags, so it's out of season hunting, but it's it's a cull, a state a state approved culling process. Mm-hmm. And me and a few friends went down there for one weekend, and our goal was to shoot forty deer in one weekend between like three of us. Oh and we succeeded. We succeeded, and, and you know it was culling process, and all the meat was used and stuff. Um, but having to clean that many deer every night, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I ever want to clean another deer again. I I, I said I shot seven in one sitting, and so like I can remember that night cleaning seven deer. South Texas in the summer is hot, and it's just 
it just it's not kind of ruins the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can understand that. <laughs> so um, is, it, is that antler is that antlered or antlerless deer that for those an tags? Antlerless. It was all doe. Yeah. My brother's kind of done something similar. He works on a, he helps out in a, a local farm. Um, in return, he gets to hunt there and uh, they don't hunt themselves, but what they do is uh, they have nuisance tags. I'm sure it's kind of like the same thing where mm -hmm. it's like, there's, you know, if you have a deer problem, the state awards, you have a few tags, get rid of a couple mm -hmm. deer. So he did that kind of, he hunted in, I think, March, February, March. Yeah. So it was like a weird time frame because there is no hunting in New York at that time. So it's, yeah, kind of pretty cool, but it, it, it is weird sitting in a stand just sweating your butt off because it's like 100 yeah. degrees outside. It thankfully we, we've already had our temperature drop here in New York, so it's like 50s, 60s max, mm -hmm. which has been nice because those mornings I need to be in at least you know pants and a sweatshirt or else I'm not going to be in a stand. <laughs> if it's hot yeah. out and I'm going to be sweating, I'm not going to be in the deer stand, I'm going to be on the water. It's just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's just not hunting to me if I'm sweating in a warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. But, dude, I want to talk about the season you had because you had, what, two top tens? You nearly nearly had a fork. Yeah, yeah. So I had I had two top tens in the Bass Pro Tour, and I had one uh, in one of the FLW Super Tournaments there, the final event of the year. So I really started the year off on a high note. Um finished fourth at Lake Eufaula, um, was pretty consistent all year. Then I had the second at, uh, second at Lake Fork, Lake Athens. And then I believe it was either fifth or sixth at sixth at, uh, St. Clair, Lake Erie, Sandusky. So, I mean, it, it was a fun year. It was, I mean, I don't really think I did anything different than the years past. And, and it was amazing how every unfolded throughout the year because so many times I'd be behind and under the gun and not on anything and something with my decision making and um, my thought process on the water this year allowed me to find those fish during the day um, like at Eufaula is a, is, a, is a perfect example of that and I had a we had we had extreme conditions there right we had a really warm, kind of wet practice. Water temps are in the 60s. Fish are pulling up shallow to spawn. I mean, you can catch them on a buzz bait, swim jig. I mean, it's like a shallow power fisherman's dream. And then all of a sudden, we get like seven inches of rain, and the temperature drops. You have water temperatures plummet into the upper 40s. You can't. I mean, dude, you couldn't see a, a chartreuse spinner bait down half an inch. I mean some of the dirtiest water I've ever seen. So it just really wiped my fish out. And I can remember that first day I caught two fish in the first hour, which had me actually sitting pretty good at the time. And I didn't get another bite until the final period the next day. Oh man. Not a single bite. And uh was fortunate to get onto something there that propelled me into the next day and into the championship round and it was just, it was a really, 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 really special deal. Um, and I think kind of just adopting the whole never stop practicing. Like, in, and I mean that in the, in the tournament sense, no matter how good my, my practice was or how good my previous day of the tournament was, I want to fish some new water every day, try to learn the lake better, try to develop a pattern. Don't just go fishing 
old waypoints, places where we've caught them before type things. And that was kind of what I adopted the whole season, like kind of my motto the whole season. I wanted to fish in new water every single day and, and it paid off big time. Now is when you say that you, you want to continue practicing even into tournament day, is that, is that adopting a whole new pattern, completely abandoning what you had, or is that taking the pattern that you found and just trying to find new areas? It, it's it's typically pay, taking the pattern that I found or the the you know the whatever I found and just trying to develop it further in new areas um, and just trying to get more dialed in. That's all it is. Usually, I'm not like, oh, I've been throwing a buzz bait for four days. I'm going to go throw a drop shot in 30 feet of water. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, it, but it, it is like a, Hey, I'm going to go try to look for a little bit, something a little different, something a little off the wall. What hasn't been hit? What haven't anglers thought of stuff like that. Now, can you kind of key in on that? Like say during practice, uh, I'm not sure exactly the structure of, of practice for MLF, uh, for the Bass Pro Tour, mm -hmm. but, um, when you're practicing and you see guys and you see what they're fishing, you can, I'm assuming you can kind of get a good sense of what's not being hit. So essentially if you see what's not being hit, you're going to try to hit that when you try to hit new water. In a way, um, I typically don't keep that close to an eye on like what I'm seeing other anglers fish. I try to just do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, but more, I mean, when, once you spend a few days out there though, you kind of get a, get a gauge of like, Hey, I fished this Creek for two whole, you know, two full days. I haven't seen anyone fish this arm or this creek. You know, you do notice a little bit about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess you could take a little bit of that in, but it's more or less like what haven't what haven't I looked at? And we mm -hmm. we all work so similarly. Yeah. Like when you come to these places in times of year, um, more or less, you're just kind of looking down. You're looking for that needle in a haystack, kind of might look down a little more featureless bank look at i mean when i say this i'm looking at something that kind of doesn't look good mm -hmm. almost um to fish seeing if there's something irregular or something different on it yeah now with, with our sorry i was gonna say with our practice so we only have um a day and a half to two days of practice on the bass pro tour yeah so that's another reason why i like to continue to practice has been such a big deal because it, it's it's such little time on these bodies of water, like on these huge, huge lakes. Mm -hmm. I mean, a day and a half is it's nothing, you What's know. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why um, continuing to practice has has really helped me become a better angler and and have success in the major league fishing format. Without a doubt. With that being said, too, like I'm sure it it'll, it'll vary depending on what body of water you're on. So say like you take like a Ufala versus mm -hmm. um, like a Sturgeon Bay, you know, in practice, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, on a Ufala, you're going to typically be fishing the majority of your practice, whereas maybe a Sturgeon Bay, you might be, you know, staring at your electronics the majority mm -hmm. of practice. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like, is that sort of kind of how you would dictate, you know, depending on where you're going to, it, like, a largemouth versus a smallmouth fishery, you know, how, how are you dictating your practice dependent on if you're going to be casting the majority of time or are you going to be staring at your graphs? I mean, what, what's going to be dictating that? 
Um, you know, it, it, usually I make that decision before we get to an event. Um, but and usually what dictates that is just time of year. Generally speaking, now this doesn't always, I, you can circle an event on a map and be like, you go to Chickamauga in June, it's going to be one offshore, you know? Yeah. Um, and you just go to all these, these lakes with so much history. Now, every place is a little bit different. And when you get into certain times of year, like you get into those early springtime or late springtime kind of basically your pre-spawn and your post-spawn events, those are the ones that are toss-ups where they could go either way. And when you do that, it makes practicing that much harder because you have to kind of spend a little time doing both. And it can be really beneficial if you can just get that, if you can almost guess right, you know what I mean? Hey, I'm going to go check deep first if that's right. I mean, because it can save you a lot of time. No doubt. Um, But generally speaking, it's just you're looking at history and what we know about the patterns of bass and times of year. And you can typically make that decision um, before you get to an event. Now I'll say like I was talking about the early springtime or late spring events, how that can be tricky. Um, one where I was wrong this year was actually Ufala. I mean, we've got a muddy, a muddy cold situation and I believe it was March. And if you, I would have bet the house that that thing was gonna be one that deep, you know, just a shallow water, power fishing fest and Jacob Wheeler proved all of us wrong and he won it offshore. So, you know, if you can go against, if you can make that work going against the grain, it, it pays big, but, but it's not easy to do. No doubt. Yeah. Didn't I'm, I was trying to remember, isn't it? What didn't he go on like a 30 minute slug fest with a spinner bait or something crazy? Yeah. It was like pretty close. And then in the last hour he caught something like, something crazy 20 30 fish in a row and just lapped the field kind of like what odd did to us at lake fork (laughs) yeah oh my gosh dude in situations like that and i'm asking you because obviously you lived it firsthand Mm -hmm. mentally you know let's take fork specifically because Mm -hmm. you finished second correct Mm -hmm. yep so in that situation, and I hate to, you know, bring up Vietnam flashback for you, but emotionally, does that like destroy you just hearing that comeback, that roaring comeback that I had? Yeah, just about. I mean, there's a there's a point where you're like, you, you try to tune it out, you try to tune it out, you try to tune it out. And I did it the best I could, but I can remember one time in particular, and it was when I caught his biggest fish. I mean, we were neck and neck. I think I was two pounds behind him at the time. He had been shooting up the leaderboard, but you know, that can stop quick. And I'm just, I've been catching him too. So I'm grinding, but I wasn't catching him like that, obviously. And I can remember my official going score tracker update. And I'm going, I think I was actually ahead of odd at this time. I was in first. I can remember him going score tracker update. And I know I'm expecting him to say odd. And he goes, odd just boated another bass jumped you. He caught a nine pounder. And I can just remember, man, my heart just sunk. But literally while he's telling me that, I catch a four-pounder. Like, he says, I caught a nine-pounder. I turn and go, are you serious? And I hook up with a four-pounder. I mean, just that fast. And so my head's going, okay, wait, okay, he caught a nine. He's seven pounds ahead of me. Then I caught a four. So I'm only three pounds behind him. And I'm like, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. And then it's, I mean, about five casts later, I get another update. He's caught another five and another six-pounder. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm fishing. You kind of understand then. 
Yeah. Like you never want to give up. And I definitely didn't give up, but I, I mean, I, I was pretty sure that I was fishing for second at that point when I heard him catch a nine and a five and a six and you know, yeah, the chance of me getting on something like that were slim and the chance of him stop catching him or slim when he's catching him that fast. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it feels like, I mean, it, 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 it sucks. That's all <laughs> I can say about it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the, part of the fun of major league fishing format. That last hour leading up to that moment was, probably some of the most bone chilling fishing I've ever been a part of. I mean, cause I was the one making the comeback prior to that point. I was in like seventh place midway through the second period, got onto a little something, climbed up the leaderboard with an hour left. I take the lead and I'm literally, and I mean, I have all the momentum in the world. Like no one else is catching them. I'm catching them. And I'm, I literally like, I wouldn't have ever said this out loud cause I would have looked dumb at the time, but I was like, I'm going to win this thing. Like that's what was going through my head. I was like, this is mine. I'm going to win it. You know? So, um, yeah, I mean, dude, I had goosebumps. You could probably see them through my Jersey. (laughs) It was a fun day. day. Well, I also have to put some blame on myself too, because I was watching that one live and I was watching you climb it. I'm like, dude, this guy's got, he's got this thing. Like he's roaring back. And I remember watching it with my brother and he comes in, he goes, Oh, who's winning? I'm like, Oh, he's going to win this thing too. He's not much time left. So I, I, I'll apologize for jinxing you as well. Nah, hey man, I, I'm glad you I'm glad you believed in me. So that, 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 <laughs> I, I like it. Keep it keep it rolling. Of course, dude. But I have to say, it was it was darn cool watching Ott tell people other boaters to because I remember one specific instance in live where there was a boat coming through and they saw that Ott was fishing towards this bridge. And the boat stopped, and he goes, "No, I come through, come through." And I thought that he was saying like he was mad, like telling him just to go around or whatever. And he goes, no, drive through it. Cause like the boat was the boat. He wanted them to, you know, rev their engine through it. Yeah. Cause that was causing the fish to like stir everything up and, and then school. And it was, it yeah. was cool to watch him be like, I, I think it's, he just, he just turn his boat on, drive through it all. Come back, take a couple take a couple casts, drive through it. It was just kind of impressive how he kind of knew. Yeah. And it, it was something that was new to me. Cause like up here in your yeah. York, you don't see stuff like yeah. that and and i mean when when you get beat like that there's just nothing you can do there was no. nothing i could have done different throughout unless the only thing different i could have done is been found that bridge before he did you know and uh it was one of those deals when it's your time to win you're gonna win there's nothing you can do to stop it and when it's not it's the other way around so when everything goes right yeah in, in that instance though like did you find you you, you were still able to fish efficiently because i feel like in my mind if you know if i'm leading someone catches me or i'm chasing somebody you know obviously if they keep going i I feel like mentally i'm going to be speeding up and i'm going to be fishing too fast did did you find that you tend to fish a little bit too fast sorry that's that's the dog you're fine you're fine stop The, the the neighborhood school bus just dropped dropped a bunch of people off at, at the corner. <laughs> She's looking at them. So rephrase that question again. Sorry. Yep. No, you're fine. Uh, I was just gonna say, like, in that that instance, did you find that you were kind of fishing? Maybe did you have to like catch yourself and slow down? Like, did you find yourself uh, yourself fishing too fast because you're trying to catch up? Um, not really. You know, one of the cool things just just. Are you, are you talking about when I was way down or once I was leading? 
so like when I'm going on his flurry and obviously say like maybe after that nine when you're like, holy crap. Um, a little bit. I did catch myself like hopping around because I was like, I'm gonna have to find a magic spot, you know. But that was that was a hail mary, and I don't I don't really think that was the wrong choice. Yeah. Um, there was a point when I got so far down and there was so little time left. I was like, okay, I know I'm not gonna win, but let's go back and fish this spot where I caught several big fish, you know, because I knew I was fishing for second. It was still really tight with me, Mark Daniels Jr. and Brent Chapman. I think right there at the end, I'd actually dropped a fourth. Um, and I had calmed down a lot, you know, once first place was out of the, out of the question, um, I didn't have like a whole lot of, you know, excitement. I was pretty down, but at at the same time, I was like, I need to finish second if I can. But that decision allowed me to catch one more fish with like four minutes left, bumped me from fourth to second. I mean, that's a $20,000 fish. So, I mean, there's, there's always something to fish for if it's not for first. So, um, I feel like it did make me fish faster when Ott was going up the leaderboard, but it was it was a calculated. Yeah. For a specific reason, yeah. It wasn't like I'm spun out. Right. I was running around fishing every high percentage, wind bump one place, just hoping I'd find that magic school. Without that, yeah. So was it was it weird then after going through a few Bass Pro Tour events and then going to fish Chickamauga for the Super Tournament and having to box fish again it was weird it was um the weirdest thing was probably it wasn't necessarily fishing the five fish limit it was fishing a place like chickamauga in the summertime with 200 boats because that is a lot of people man like i think there were 204 of us out there um offshore fishing is not my strength to begin with Mm -hmm. um so when you put that was probably my most challenging event of the year mentally Cause when you put that many guys out there and there's so many guys out there that are so good at offshore fishing with the technology and the graphs and so many people live on the Tennessee river. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was hard to not spin out cause you couldn't get on anything you'd found. Um, but yeah, fish, fishing a five fish limit was different, but I think fishing what I fished on the major lake fishing side, having to constantly catch, I mean, dude, you just gotta, you feel like you've got to catch a fish every cast on Major League Fishing side. It's so stressful. Um, yeah. I was really laid back, um, kind of just going with the flow, just hopping around. Okay, you know, I'll fish this over here. I'll fish that over there. You know, oh, it's 10 o'clock. I've only got three. That's okay. You know, I only need two more bites type deal. Um, so that side of things allowed me to fish really relaxed, and I enjoyed that. Um, but as far as the actual number of boats on the water, that was the only part that I was like, man, this isn't fun. This isn't fun. It's too many people out here. Yeah. No, I thought that I couldn't imagine because, you know, I was talking to Bailey Boultries of FLW last night, and that's one thing he mentioned too is that there was just, you know, you pull up to any relatively mm-hmm. spot, and there was at least one or two MLF or FLW anglers. Mm-hmm. So it just – and I remember watching Mark Daniels, uh, Mark Daniels Jr.'s video and Wheeler's video mm-hmm. and how there's like the four of them all mm-hmm. fishing one spot on the ledge. And it's like, yeah, oh, are you guys not crossing lines? Like, I'm sure that probably even happened, too. But it's just I'm sure. Madness. Imagine imagine if we all had co-anglers, too, like back in the day. Oh, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be yeah. 400 people on check. Mm-hmm. That would be insanity. 
it amazes me that how many bass must actually be in those schools, you know, because they continue to put out for months. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those fish are, are, you know, starting the first week of May or on those holes till like the end of July and even through August. Like they're just community hole spots and they get there and they stay there and they get hard to catch. But the sheer number of bass that use these current breaks and main river bars is absolutely amazing. Without a doubt. Yeah. But, One thing I'm curious about too is, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I said that it was my toughest tournament mentally. Normally, I would never say that I, w- I always fish to win is what I would like to say. But like going into Chickamauga, I know that, you know, offshore summertime, Tennessee River structure fishing isn't my deal. I knew it was going to fish crowded. I said going in, like my goal is to just get paid. I want a $10,000 check. And I actually finished, I think I paid 102 places. I finished 101st, so mission accomplished. I've never been so excited to finish 101st. (laughs) Never been so pumped to have 100 people beat you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. That's funny. Well, dude, I'm curious about Lake Erie because it. I'm sure it's not your first rodeo on Erie, but I know that that, those those final days were a little rowdy on the lake. Mm -hmm. So, like, as a... Mm -hmm. Growing up in Texas, I'm sure you guys don't get, you know, waves like that anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm curious about your first experience with the Great Lakes and with waves like that. Like, was it like an oh crap moment? Like, I, I'm curious to go through, you know, the mental state of knowing you have to deal with those waves and drive out there and fish in it. That's all. Yeah. Doing. I had been on the Great Lakes quite a few times growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew what I was in for this time. I fished St. Lawrence River, Lake Ontario, quite a few times. I've actually was a co-angler in 2008 uh, when the Elite Series was out of Buffalo. I drew a couple guys, and we had big water days then. I fished the Elites on Lake St. Clair a few years ago. I guess I was 17. So, I mean, I, I spent quite a bit um, great lakes fishing you know those are just tournaments i spent other days fun fishing too so i knew what i was in for but like it was the most intimidating um set of runs i've ever had to make um not only was it the wind but um the fact that um you know running through canada was really sketchy um they were they allowed us to run through canada but they basically said do so at your own risk um because you know yeah um yeah so yeah it was, it was a wild wild week um yeah because i went fishing canada yeah the coast guard was stopping i've been heard stories yeah. about stopping oh yeah anybody going through yeah they've they basically said you get stopped your toast um Sheesh. oh man <laughs> they just they basically just told us you're we're not going to tell you you can't run through canada now you can't fish in canada but you can't run you know they're not going to tell us you can't run through canada yeah. And so a couple of those windy days having to cut through Canadian waters and stuff. But um, I ran all the way to Lake St. Clair all four mm-hmm. days. And wow. I can remember the first day we had a strong westerly wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was kind of I, uh, almost due west is about what it was. And I can remember ran, rounding the point um, there between Sandusky Bay and Kelly Island and there's a little narrow section where you kind of shoot through an island and come out into a big bay there. And it, it was five footers. I mean, it was big. And that we were all funneled in. I mean, there's probably 20 boats. Just, I mean, just 
we're all right there together going up and we're just looking at each other like we're, we're stupid. Why are we out here? And yeah. sure enough, we all tried it. Um, I would say that first day out of 200 anglers, probably 60 tried to go to St. Clair and I'd, I'd say probably 20 did it successfully to the point of like came back with some, made it, came back in one piece, came back with some fish. Um, and so it just, that, that run was, uh, that day I actually ran all the way. Um, I hugged the South shore and then ran up. So my one way I was like a hundred and hundred and 15, 117 miles that day. Man. <laughs> and that kind of water was three hours plus fuel. But it, I mean, it really, it all paid off. I, 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 I tried not to make that run. They they gave us four days of practice because they knew how big that body of water was. And I spent my first three days of practice not on St. Clair because I did not want to go to St. Clair. I didn't <laughs> want to make the run. I, there was nothing that – I may be a young guy, but, like, there was nothing that was enticing about that run. But no. sure enough, I hadn't found much other than some largemouth. And then the, the last day of practice – me and Justin Atkins actually rode over there together because um, it was like a two-hour car ride. So we got up early and, um, wrote, and, you know, he drove his truck and I drove mine, but we, we kind of practiced together that day and it took me about an hour and I caught like three, four pounders. And I was like, well, I guess, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, it was kind of one of those deals. Like it was my last tournament of the year. I don't have anything to lose points wise. It's been a great year. Yep. So if there's ever a tournament to try something like that, this was that tournament. Mm. And so I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to try it. You know what? If I zero, I tried. All I can say is I tried to win, you know? Yeah. And so <clears throat> going out there every day when I got back, I was like, man, I hope I don't have to do this again tomorrow. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> like I was praying they were going to lock us in the bay the final day. I'm praying. Because yeah. I, I didn't want to have to make that run. But when they let us go, I said, well, I'm not going to just throw in the towel. Here we go. That's wild, dude. I, I couldn't imagine that run for one. Uh, but it's like you mentioned the four days of practice. Like, yeah, I couldn't imagine being restricted on that body of water for you have having only a day and a half of practice. I mean, majority of everybody would come back with, I didn't catch or see a single fish today. <laughs> and yeah. that would be. Ridiculous. I was surprised. I was really surprised at how bad the smallmouth population was on Erie in that Sandusky area. I mean, I thought, you know, I heard it was going to be tough, but we hear that about everywhere. And dude, I spent a lot of time out there and caught one smallmouth, one, and it was just mind blowing to me how tough it was. Um, I don't know what contributes to most to that. I'm not the the guy to to ask that but in my opinion what i think would it be is why buffalo is so good compared to sandusky is just because that's where that water flow you know originates to you know that water flows toward buffalo mm -hmm. so naturally i feel like the fish would stack up near buffalo i don't know that's yeah. just kind of how I, I view it but um i mean obviously you know lucas found fish out there i mean I, there's definitely fish there and uh, i think it's uh, my buddy my co-host andrew was saying is like uh peely is usually uh where mm -hmm. the majority of the fish are around mm -hmm. sandusky area but i believe you guys weren't able to fish peely the island 
I don't remember what. Yeah, we weren't. That's in Canada. That's in Canada, yeah. so we couldn't go there. Yeah. Canadian waters typically do better than American waters. Yeah. Before. Yeah. It's the same way on St. Clair. I just think those fish get less pressure. Yeah. No, not a doubt. But, you know, you made it happen, though. I mean, sixth place. Can't complain about yeah. that on a smallmouth fishery. I mean, yeah, I'm still fighting. I'm still fighting some back issues from, from that <laughs> and some. And my boat needed some uh, major uh, TLC when I got done. I'm sure, dude. What that video you posted, uh, you were, I don't remember which body. I was going to ask you what body. The lightning was. strike? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. So that was actually the final day. Um, I had my weight already. I was running back. That was in St. Clair. Like I was probably two miles from the mouth of the river, like where St. Clair goes into the Detroit River. Yeah. Trying to beat that storm. And uh, when that lightning strike hit, I actually pulled a U-turn, went into the first marina, which is the, probably two miles back the other way. And uh, I called Randy House on Laker, and he was still in Sandusky. And I had given him the code to get into my truck. And I said, hey, dude, I'm done. I'm not going to make it back. I don't have, because I was already pressed on time. It was windiest day of the week. I kind of knew what it was going to take me. I said, hey, I'm not going to make it back. Just come pick me up at Elizabeth Park. I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I'll zero. I'll go home. And, uh, like, that's how done with the day I was. That's how much I didn't want to make that run. I knew I wasn't going to win. I had 15 and a half, 16 pounds that day, whatever I had. Yeah. Um, and then just about that time, the, the the sky's cleared. And I pulled up my radar and – and it was going to be a pretty safe run back storm wise. I knew it was going to be rough. And I said, well, I'll get to, I'd already called Laker, but I was like, I'm going to start running South, see what we're, see what we're looking at time wise when we get to Lake and we get to the mouth of the lake and my garments have a calculation. I can like, it'll, it'll draw me my shortest route, how far it is. And then at my speed, how long it'll take me to get there. And I was like, man, it's going to be really close, but like, I guess I'm going to try it because actually what made me really try it was I saw Spencer Sheffield in the river. We were side by side and, you know, he kind of gave me the signal, let's go. And we both, we both took off going across the lake and I really didn't think we we're going to make it back. Uh, we made it back with like 10 minutes remaining, which that may sound like a ton of time, but in a three hour run through waves like that, that's nothing. 10 minutes one is absolutely nothing. Yeah. One hiccup yeah. is one 15 minutes. Yeah. So it was, it was, a, it was a wild, wild day. Wild. And and the craziest thing is, it's like, um, it was so rough that my cameraman would ride out because I had a live camera those final two days. The cameraman would ride out with me, but it would get so rough in the afternoons. They would send a boat to drive all the way to where I was at St. Clair put in at the ramp right by where I was fishing. And when I'd leave, they'd pull my camera and I'd have to make that run back alone. Oh man. <laughs> so dude, you're in the middle of Lake Erie. You haven't seen land for 40 minutes. You're looking up at the tops of waves and you're just alone. No cell phone service. You're just out there. <laughs> I would feel so guilty ditching you like that. I would feel yeah. horrible. My oh, cameraman, he was, he was great. He's cool dude. He wanted to ride with me every day, but the, they were like, no, we're not risking the equipment. You need to get another boat. So <laughs> I mean, all right, but it, I'm going to sit in this fashion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that's days like that. Days like that's why I carry a personal locator beacon in the boat. That's smart. So yeah, I mean, if it ever if it hits the fan, you know, I, I've got a I've got a Coast Guard 
beacon. I can I can beat and someone will come find me anyway. That's really smart, especially on the Great Lakes, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I actually bought it. I bought it after that incident on Okeechobee a few years ago where that guy died. Yeah, that's so that's what I was like, yeah, man, I need to go I need to go get me one of those. That is very smart. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. And that was actually an eye-opener for me when I saw that article posted. Um, I it kind of realized where, you know, New York, where so, some of these lakes can really get churning. Obviously, that's just kind of how the north is. And there's obviously there's a bunch of lakes in the south that can do the same. But that was an eye-opener for me. That doesn't matter if it's Florida where it's you don't think stuff like that could happen. But it's just kind of a reminder, no matter where you are, you got to be driving safe. You got to be, uh, yeah, that was, that was wild. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's been very hard lately because, and this was my theory. Uh, this is also a buddy of mine's theory um, with the, with the weather, especially in the great lakes. Um, and I don't know if you found this kind of down South as well, is that, the weather has been very inaccurate more than usual lately uh, because of the, the lessened amount of uh, air flights. So about air, airplanes flying around, the less data we're getting. So I, think I, didn't, I, I, I haven't even thought about that, but yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Theory. That's why uh, the, the weather patterns are kind of off. Because, um, I mean, I'll attest to it this past weekend. We had on Saturday, we had a Douglas uh, Big Money Open, one of their tournaments on Lake Ontario. And my buddy and I, we woke up and it said south at six. And we're like, hell yeah, because our practice was great. We were confident. We're like, south mm-hmm. at six, that's perfect. You know, we, we made our you know, mile, mile and a half run out of Chamel Bay, mm-hmm. opened up to Lake Ontario, and we were met with six footers. And it was southwest at 15. We're like, okay, this is entirely wrong. And we couldn't even make it to most of our stuff. It just wasn't worth it. So we're like, yeah, well, We'll give it a shot. It took us 40 minutes to run to our first spot, and it wasn't that far. It was maybe three miles away. <laughs> so yeah. we ran back yeah. to the rest of the day. It was, it's, it's tough, especially now. I mean, it's – I don't know if that's a, that's actually the contributing factor, but everything. Uh, I mean, that, make, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It's just dangerous. I don't know. But it's – I don't know if that's uh, a common trend down south too, but – I feel like with the, the hurricanes, they've been tracking the weather pretty decent. I would imagine. I haven't honestly. I don't. I haven't been fishing enough at home to to really notice it. I just I don't hardly check the weather down here. And if I do, I'm checking the the temperature, looking for a cold front, more for duck hunting than I am for. Uh, <laughs> once duck season really kicks into gear here um, in a couple of weeks, I'll be looking at wind direction when I'm actually hunting. But um, yeah, for now, I just walk outside and I go. Yep, it's windy. <laughs> so, well, dude, I know you guys. Uh, do you have any more cup events this fall? Uh, not this fall. I fished that one, and then we've got another one in January. Okay. Um, which will be the final cup event for the 2020 circa. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know where that's going to be yet, but. Um, Is that the ones where they I'm don't open you until you get there? Yeah. Idea? Yeah. So. Um, no one really, like, I didn't know we were, I just knew we were going to Wisconsin. I didn't know what city we were going to until like two weeks before. And once that happens, I can't research any, uh, you know, I can't look at any Google imagery, can't research any lake data. I can't look at 
like levels, tournament results, nothing. Wow. So yeah, it's it, it's a, it's a fun deal. It's <clears throat> it's hard because I mean you don't really know what to expect doing tackle. It, things because you got to take all your stuff out of your boat which is just you know it's your office you have everything right where you know it's at and it just like looks like a tackle bomb went off now like because you're constantly pulling stuff out of boats on a daily basis and packing normally like i've got like my small mouth stuff and i've got my you know summertime and large mouth and in a cup of it you kind of just all throw it in one bag and shake it up and then dump it back out and then <laughs> that's what you get you're like a co-angler on steroids Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I packed my truck to the brim with stuff. It's crazy. I pack heavier for a cup event than I do a, a normal event for sure. That's wild. So, and then the next month, right? You have Redcrest, right? February. Second yeah, February. February is Redcrest, um, Grand Lake, and Tulsa. And then I actually just saw the schedule today for the first time. Um, we had a league call about two hours ago. Um, which I, I think looks pretty dang good. I'm excited with it. There's a there's a couple Texas events on there, so I'm, I'm excited to have a few close to home. That's sweet. I'm sure you're probably not allowed to release any names or anything, but are you allowed to announce or tell me um, if there's a West Swing? Uh, there's not a West Swing this year. Uh, okay. I can just I don't know if I'm That's allowed to, but there's not one. I know there's no western. There's no western. There's no western swing. And as much as we'd all like okay. to go out there, I, I know that's been in, in talks for a long time. With they ask, they pull the anglers all the time. Um, but I think in, I mean, the problem is out there that it's, it's the strictest COVID rules in the whole country. So to plan something out there is the it's a huge risk this year because. I mean, if you'd asked me at the beginning of last year, prior to COVID hitting, I would have said 2021, we definitely go West. Mm. But, um, you know, I definitely, I think it'll happen at some point. It's just, just not next year. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what the schedule is going to be. But uh, other than that, you know, what are you looking forward to for 2021? Any, any plans beyond the pro tour? Any, anything for the YouTube channel, anything like that? No, I need to just get my butt in gear and get to get to doing some stuff on the YouTube channel. I've been pretty dormant as of lately. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm just looking forward to another year. I'm looking forward to uh, a structured year. You know, this year was, was so difficult. Um, normally I'd probably have, well, I'm looking forward to the tour and this, but this like this next year, I'm, just, I'm really just looking forward to having a schedule sticking to the schedule. I, I really don't think we'll have the changes that we, even, even I hope there's not, but even if we do have more, more issues with COVID moving forward, I think the world has gotten to a point where they've adjusted and, and allowed things to move forward in a safe way. Um, in our format, they've worked really hard. The Bass Pro Tour events, the FLW events, our cups, um, and keeping us safe and, and making it possible to move forward, so I think there's probably this winter too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember. I, I saw something about it. I don't know. Yeah. I probably be a while before I ever get stuck with a needle <laughs> like that, though. So believe it when we see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. Yeah, dude. Just looking forward to a structured year and hopefully building on the on the success of this year. Um, 
I've been doing a lot of thinking lately on social media moving forward, what I want to do with it. Um, not, I'm not, I don't have any answers or exactly what I want to do, but like, that's going to be kind of my goals for 2021. Um, yeah. restructuring, I don't know if restructuring is the right word, but revamping, um, and putting a lot more emphasis and effort into the social media side of things, trying to, trying to get my brand out there a lot more. You see, see, you got the lids going, trying to be like Jacob Wheeler with their own hats now. There you go. So, um, <laughs> Is that a military yeah, green? Yeah, kind of. It's a little military green. This is one I, if I didn't have white in there, I could duck hunt in that. But I already, I already tried to hunt in it in early teal, and I got yelled at. My duck hunting buddy's like, "Dude, you got white on that. Take that off." So <laughs> I have to get some new ones made. Yeah, well, I might pick one up just because that green. I, I love that person, but yeah, I'll have to, we'll have to pick some up for you. If, if there's a link for that too, we'll, we'll have to put it down in the description for when the podcast get posted. All right. I'm not selling them yet, but I, I need, that's, that's another thing on the list. I'd, I'd like to get to where I'm, I'm selling them. So once, as soon as I get that, I'll, uh, I'll shoot it your way. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Just let me know and we'll, we'll get that out there for people. I'll definitely scoop up a hat for sure. But, awesome, uh, but dude, I appreciate you taking the time to come out. I know, uh, like you said, you just got home from a cup event, and I hope you get the time to get out and get hunting and hopefully find some better success the next couple of times you get out there. But uh, I'm, I'm happy to see uh, things are going well for you. Things, uh, things in general across the nation seem to be somewhat getting back to normal, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be pretty exciting. Hopefully things go back to normal for 2021, like you just said, a little bit more structured than this past year because that was yeah. mayhem. But uh, super happy to have you on again, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me anytime. Uh, I appreciate you letting me on the podcast. This, this is always a lot of fun. Heck yeah, dude. Well, we're definitely gonna have you on again and, uh, well, maybe we'll get you on right after uh red crest and see how things go for. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Red. We'll talk about that red crest win, right? Exactly. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll get that. on. I'll talk about the schedule. 100% dude. All right, man. Well, have a All great right. one. Thanks for having me on. You too. Take care. Alan. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast there uh, with Alton. That was a blast to talk to him and catch up on the 2021 20, season. Uh, excuse me, the 2020 season, not the 2021 season. Um, but we did speak about what things could be on the horizon for him for 2021. Um, but Alton did an incredible job uh, this year for 2020. Um, like I said, multiple top tens, uh, not only just in the Bass Pro Tour, but the Super Tournaments which is in massive fields, 200 anglers. That is an accomplishment in itself to set yourself apart from, you know, 190 other anglers. Um, so that that's an accomplishment. Great job to Alton Jones, um, Jones Jr., excuse me. Um, but guys, go down in the description below if you're not following Alton on his uh, YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'll add all those down there so you guys can go tag along. The dude is super talented, and it doesn't matter what part of the country. Um, but it's always a pleasure to have him on. Thank you guys again for watching and listening. We'll see you guys on Friday. We're going to have on my good buddy, Greg Blanchard, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about his season as well and what else is moving forward for the rest of the fall. So thank you guys again for watching and listening. We'll see you guys next time.